This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. We're seeing it in news headlines and in social media videos. Mass retail theft and burglaries have put communities across the Bay Area on edge. The most recent example that captivated national attention were videos that showed smashed store windows in San Francisco's Union Square and people running out of the Louis Vuitton store with merchandise in hand. That caused San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Boudin to pursue felony looting charges, and it's become political fodder for conversations about public safety and policing. In Oakland, though, some business owners are wishing that thefts in their stores garnered that same attention. The weekend before Thanksgiving, 25 licensed cannabis operators were robbed in Oakland. Many of them are small businesses owned by entrepreneurs of color. On Monday, Oakland cannabis business leaders held a press conference to critique the city's response. This is a cry for help. Help us. We're not going to hire people and arm them with AK-47s and put them on the roof. That's not our job. And while many small business owners in Oakland are struggling against retail crime, cannabis business owners say they face the unique challenge of crippling high taxes, and in return, the city isn't doing enough to protect them. Chronicle reporter Rachel Swan is here to discuss how Oakland's cannabis thefts are highlighting city leaders' responses to retail crimes and whether their approach is addressing the concerns of residents. Rachel, thank you for being here. Tell me about the thefts happening in Oakland's cannabis businesses. How serious is it? It's really serious. So, I mean, we're seeing this not only in Oakland, but in other cities as well. But over the week before Thanksgiving, we saw what Oakland Police Chief described as caravans of burglars who specifically targeted cannabis businesses. The merchants say that more than 25 businesses, you know, ranging from dispensaries to shops to offices were hit, vandalized, products stolen, losses of more than 5 million. It was pretty severe. So before we dive into the specifics of the impact to these cannabis businesses, we know that across the Bay Area, burglaries and increased violence has been happening can you give me a little bit of a backdrop of what's been happening in Oakland specifically? We've heard a lot about what's going on in San Francisco with the Louis Vuitton store, for example. What has been the trend in Oakland currently? We've seen a lot more, unfortunately, escalating violence in Oakland. Like This is a city that's suffered a lot of gun violence, a lot of homicides this year, also a lot of burglaries. We saw the same kinds of caravans of what appear to be some kind of organized burglary that we saw in San Francisco. Most recently, we saw the shooting of a 
security guard for um, another news agency, Cron 4, and he unfortunately died. Another man was recently shot and killed while confronting a alleged car burglary suspect near Lake Merritt. So mm-hmm. um, it's just been like a galling degree of violence in Oakland. So there's obviously a lot of fear and frustration happening throughout the Oakland community because of these incidents like you just described. Let's hear from John Elston, one of the cannabis business owners who spoke on Monday's press conference. I pride because I'm scared for my business here in Oakland. It pains me to have conversations about alternatives, moving my business anywhere except Oakland. But from a business standpoint, it's hard. The week before Thanksgiving, our business was robbed five times. So Rachel, there's obviously a lot of fear with these cannabis business owners right now. What are they asking for? What did they ask for in that presser? Mostly they're asking for tax breaks, actually. They're just saying, you know, it's really hard for us to recover from these incidents. We're pretty heavily taxed. And these are uh, largely small businesses. A lot of them are women owned or LGBTQ owned or owned by, you know, entrepreneurs of color. They're mostly asking for a two year reprieve from the state cultivation tax and uh, what's called the state excise tax. These are taxes on cannabis that generate a significant amount of revenue for the state and city. Uh, Oakland cannabis owners are asking for, I guess I would say more like more consistent policing. But I got the sense they feel like their calls for service are not taken seriously enough and they want the same response as, say, a Louis Vuitton store. They just want a faster and more consistent response and then follow up. They want, you know, crimes to be investigated. Recently, you wrote a story about a dispensary in San Francisco where it looked like San Francisco police officers sort of stood back and let a burglary take place. Is there that same sentiment with these cannabis business owners where they feel like police officers are taking a hands-off approach for whatever reason? I have to say it was a bit astonishing, you know, because Mm -hmm. this is a video we're referring to where there were several police cars that seemed to kind of sit and wait while an incident was taking place. I haven't seen evidence of anything quite like that in Oakland, but I definitely got the sense just from listening to the merchants that they feel like they um, maybe don't have the same political juice or like however you want to call it as like a Union Square business owner. These are small businesses They're in an industry that has traditionally had a ton of tension with law enforcement, and there's just worry that they're not going to get the same degree of protection from law enforcement as other businesses. And, you know, while I didn't hear any, like, specific allegations from the Oakland business owners, I will say, like, in general, I have heard that as a concern that's sort of bubbling in the air. I want to get back to what Oakland's cannabis business owners are demanding when it comes to taxes. Here's Raven Duckett Robinson, one of the speakers at the press conference. So cannabis companies are paying 600% more taxes than any other Oakland company. Yet, when organized crime organizations target our facilities, we get little to no response and zero compassion from local law enforcement and city officials. 
So, Rachel, what's the story here? Why are cannabis businesses paying such higher taxes in Oakland and also not seeing the returns in the form of greater resources and protection from the city? When this when this industry, when recreational cannabis became legal, there was this idea that it was going to be this real revenue generator, like this real economic engine for both California and for the cities that um, have dispensaries, you know, so it's always been taxed proportionally higher than other industries. But you know, that's created this real tense relationship between city governments and business owners. Because you know, a lot of them, particularly in cities like Oakland, a lot of them are people who would consider themselves victims of past drug policy, victims of the past war on drugs. There's formerly incarcerated people who've opened cannabis businesses, um, a lot of people of color, people from neighborhoods like East Oakland that were really heavily hit by the war on drugs. It's not like big cannabis or big corporations in investing in this. So, you know, so their argument is like, hey, we're small businesses, we're helping the city economy, like, you really can't tax us so much. And so they successfully appealed to the city a couple years ago, and the city council gave some significant tax breaks to cannabis merchants. They did have to cut some city jobs in order to accomplish those tax breaks. They're still saying, you know, we're small businesses, we're crippled by these high taxes, and we can't easily just recover if there's a robbery. And at the same time, they're really vulnerable to burglaries and robberies. They're, they are targets. After a quick break, Rachel Swan will discuss how this issue fits into a national push to defund the police and just how organized these thefts are and why they're happening so frequently. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Rachel, what are Oakland's cannabis business leaders asking from the city? You discussed how they're paying higher taxes. Are they essentially asking for more policing, even while there's this backdrop of national discussions around defunding the police? I would say there's not uniformity among cannabis businesses, even in a place like Oakland. You know, some did say, like, we feel like the city has left the police department without resources. I didn't hear more policing so much as more consistent policing. You know, mm -hmm. some did say like, hey, we feel like we've been left out in the cold. We feel like the city has abnegated its responsibility. We feel like there needs to be maybe more of a police presence, a faster response. While others were saying, we really, we can provide our own security, but we need some help. Like we really need some financial help so that we can build our own security apparatus, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. At the same time, this is all playing out against like this much larger debate about how do we police? Do we focus on adding officers? Do we focus on the root causes of crime? And, and so what has Oakland and Mayor Libby Schaff 
said in response to this uptick in burglaries and thefts across the city, not just to cannabis businesses, but all kinds of businesses. The mayor held her own press conference on Monday. She has really taken the line of, we have a real staff shortage of police. We need more police. In its last budget, the council froze 50 positions in the police department. It's funny, like the police like do have an issue with officers leaving and they do have much lower numbers than in previous years. And it, it seems to not really have much to do with the freezing of those 50 positions. But nonetheless, the mayor has asked for the council to reverse that decision, to add a police academy, to really beef up staffing in the police departments. But at the same time, you know, as my, as my colleagues have pointed out in some of their coverage, both this mayor, Mayor Schaff, and Mayor Breed in San Francisco, and, you know, other city officials, they're really walking this tightrope between, like, what is politically palatable? Should we add more police? Should we focus on diversion programs? Should we focus on diverting duties away from police officers? And, you know, while that conversation seems to have shifted a bit, it's still playing out in the backdrop. A lot of these retail theft incidents have prompted questions about how organized these crimes are. Here's what Cheney Turner, the Oakland Cannabis Regulatory Chair, said in Monday's news conference. People are literally standing by and watching their life's work be ruined. And let's not get it twisted. This just is individuals deciding to go and rob dispensaries. This is all organized. It's organized. And so the city needs to get organized in protecting these businesses. So, Rachel, what do we know? How organized are these thefts across the Bay Area? What are experts or other leaders saying about what exactly is prompting these incidents? I I really feel like, Cecilia, that there's a lot we don't know, like that there's a lot of speculation and conjecture out there. I've definitely heard, you know, Chief Armstrong in Oakland has been very clear that he believes they are organized, that they've gathered intelligence, saying that, you know, people involved in these thefts are communicating on social media, that they're hitting specific targets, that they're all kind of driving in a group, and, you know, this is really coordinated and planned. I've heard theories that these are time to coincide with unrest. The Union Square, Louis Vuitton, it came on the same day as the Kyle Rittenhouse verdicts. You know, it's it's not immediately clear whether that has anything to do with the thefts. It does seem that social media may be enabling these to a degree. At the same time, a lot of this debate is it's getting really politically motivated. So um, I feel like this is something that, you know, someday there's going to be a really good PhD thesis on this stuff. But, you know, <laughs> for now, it's something that we're hearing a lot of conjecture and a lot of people kind of opportunistically using these thefts to support their side in like a political debate. So, I mean, you've mentioned this, but it does sort of seem like now we are hitting this critical point of discussion of whether policing is the right solution to something like retail theft. You've been covering crime across the Bay Area for a while now. Where do you think this conversation moves now? Is it moving towards solution? Is it moving towards conversations just being aligned with political points that people want to make? Yeah, I If anything, I feel like it's getting more tense and more chaotic. You know, in San Francisco, we have a a recall election coming up for the district attorney. And I mean, this kind of moral panic around retail thefts is like 
really playing into that conversation. You know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, I told you so there's a lot of like, Oh, see California voters. You passed this prop 47 law. The retailers association, which is against that law is saying, see, see what happened, you know, see what happens Bay area with your progressive policies. It's really kind of started to fracture all these groups a lot. So it'll be really interesting to see where is the next inflection point. It's really this larger debate of like, how are we going to structure our criminal justice system? Are we going to focus on more police? Are we going to focus on incarcerating more people? Or are we going to move away from that and focus on giving people, you know, drug treatment or housing or, you know, maybe the things that are prompting them to commit crimes in the first place? I mean, unfortunately, like when you have all this panic over thefts that's kind of exacerbated on social media, nobody wants to hear these kind of long game conversations, you know, about Mm -hmm. like, well, what are we going to do that's going to affect things 30 years from now? Well, it's it's a complicated topic to cover. There's a lot of angles and a lot of ways that people are politicizing this. Rachel, thank you for helping bring a little clarity to all of this for us. Thank you so much, Cecilia. I really appreciate you talking. Rachel Swan covers crime for the San Francisco Chronicle. You can find her story about Oakland's cannabis merchants, as well as her other reporting on the wave of retail crime in the Bay Area at sfchronicle.com or on the Chronicle app. Thanks to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. 